right now. There's a lot of pain and heartbreak specifically within our own church family. Um, and so I just praise God that, that we can identify ourselves as children of God, children of a loving Father who loves us more than we could ever begin to imagine, a loving Father uh, who loves our loved ones more than we could ever begin to imagine, uh, a loving Father who laid down his, his only Son uh, for each and every one of us. Um, and so I praise God for that, uh, that uh, we can identify ourselves as children of God. Um, I praise God uh, that uh, we can all fellowship with uh, with fellow children of our most heavenly uh, Father. So this past week, uh, I was able uh, to uh, talk to my family. I usually uh, call them uh, a couple times a week um, and get to check up uh, with them. Uh, my siblings uh, tease me from time to time about calling my mom and dad too much. It's like, every time we get together, you're always FaceTiming mom and dad, Kyle, and they make fun of me for that, but whatever. Um, but uh, this past week when I was FaceTiming my parents, uh, the, the rest of my family was there, and uh, we were talking briefly how uh, we were going through a series on our habits, um, and that led my sister and, and brother-in-law uh, to talk about how they made a New Year's resolution uh, for the year 2021, um, and uh, they told me that they already completed their New Year's resolution of 2021. I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. You guys should come here and preach this series on habits if you were able to complete your New Year's resolution of 2021. And so we got talking more. Well, well what, is your, what was your New Year's uh, resolution? And uh, the, I hope they don't mind me sharing this with you all. But, but their New Year's resolution uh, was that they canceled their membership at the gym. Uh, <laughs> There's no use having a membership at the gym if we're not going to go to the gym. Uh, so they made that their New Year's resolution. And let me tell you, they accomplished their New Year's resolution but before we even got halfway through the month of January. So, so kudos, kudos to you, uh, Amber and Josiah. I love you guys. I hope you don't hate me uh, for sharing that uh, with the congregation here. I love you guys. Congratulations on canceling that membership. Uh, they, they don't make it an easy process, I, I can tell you that much. Uh, Jamie and I, uh, when we were in Georgia, as I was going to school at the Atlanta Bible College, uh, we were getting ready for our wedding, and uh, as we were getting ready for our wedding, we wanted to be in good shape, and uh, so I don't know why we wouldn't want to be in good shape the rest of our lives, but we want to be in good shape for our wedding day, and, and so we got a membership at Planet Fitness, and uh, we were actually pretty good at working out at the gym when we were down in Georgia. Um, but it came into the spring when we were getting ready to leave Georgia because uh, I'd graduated graduated from the college, um, I needed to uh, cancel our membership, um, and so as, as I was going to cancel uh, my membership, they said, ah, yeah, you can't really do that in person, you need to go and send in a letter saying, hey, why you're canceling your membership, which really makes absolutely zero sense. Basically, the whole scheme of it is they want to make it as hard as possible for us to cancel our membership, um, because it's going to be less likely for me to go and take the time to write a letter saying, hey, my name is Kyle McLean. I like to cancel my membership at Planet Fitness because I'm moving away. It's ridiculous. But basically all they're doing is trying to make it difficult for us to cancel our membership. And which that actually directly ties into our conversation in the coming weeks when we're going to be talking about habits being easy or difficult. 
So my sister and brother-in-law, they already completed their New Year's resolution. How many of you guys made a New Year's resolution for the year 2021? Raise your hand if you made a New Year's resolution. Wow, not a single person. Either you guys are not very ambitious or you guys are too shy. Um, So I guess I can't ask if anyone is still following uh, their New Year's resolution. Um, I guess that's not a terrible approach as the the statistics are staggering. How many people uh, don't even follow through with their New New Year's resolution? I forget the exact number, but it's over half. It's, It's around three quarters, if I remember correctly, don't follow through with their New Year's resolution by the time February comes along. So I guess you guys are one step ahead of them all, and you're saying, I guess I'm just not going to make a New Year's resolution uh, this year. Um, But hopefully, you all completed them. Yeah, that's right. You you didn't fail a single New Year's resolution. Good good job, you guys out there. Uh, You can uh, go celebrate with my brother and sister as well. You guys can all go throw a party. Uh, But I hope uh, our, our talk on habits will help us establish habits that will last. Originally, uh, we, we were going to go through this series of the power of habits through four weeks, um, uh, but I did receive a lot of positive feedback on this series, um, so we're actually going to expand it to a six-week series. I kind of wanted to do this from the beginning, but I wasn't sure how well it would be received, and I was going to try to cram it into four weeks, um, but we're going to expand it to six weeks, uh, talking about our habits, which will be really uh, nice for the next four weeks, as we kind of talk about how our habits are formed how they're processed. And again, uh, throughout this series, uh, I, I'm getting most of my information uh, through this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, it's really quite unusual uh, for me to go through a series or a sermon and the Bible not be uh, my main source of information. It's a little uncomfortable for, for me to deliver a series where the Bible is not uh, my main source of information. But again, the reason and why I think it's important to go through uh, this series is that our vision as a church is to grow closer to God and expand his coming kingdom. That's why we exist. That's why North Hills Church of God exists today is because we want to grow closer closer to God and expand his coming kingdom. If we don't do that, then we're failing. We're failing as a church if we are not growing closer to God and expanding his kingdom. And I think it's paramount for us to build habits in order for us to to grow closer to God and expand his kingdom. I don't think we will be able to completely fulfill this vision if we aren't making healthy habits in our life that are helping us grow closer to God and expanding his coming kingdom. And so again, much of these ideas that I'll be talking about, they they are not my original ideas. Uh, I'm not trying to convince you guys that I'm a genius. I think you guys have all figured that that out by now that I'm no genius. Um, But uh, I'd like to present to you guys uh, this uh, pretty um, wise words from James Clear. Last week, I handed out a, a, copy, a couple of copies to those who uh, were interested. Um, we have one extra copy. Um, last week, Russ took one, and Russ actually read through the whole book last week, and he gave it back this week uh, to hand it out uh, to whoever else may, may like to read it. And you liked it, Russ, didn't you? He, he said he got, he got a lot of value out of it. Uh, the only thing he said is he wished he read this 40 years ago. Sorry this book wasn't out 40 years ago, Russ. Um, But he saw the value out of it. I finished it this past week as well. I got a lot of value out of it. Uh, So if you're interested, I have a free copy uh, for anyone um, in in helping you um, 
It's an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. So again, talking about the power of habits. And so last week, as we started this series, we talked about how small changes equal a big difference. Small changes can make a big difference. And we talked about this idea of continuous improvement. If we get 1% better every day for a full year, we'll be 37 times better by the end of the year. Yeah, they, that, that may be uh, hard to attain to get 1% better every single day. But that's showing us that small changes, small changes in our lives, they can make a huge difference. And so if we just apply small habits in our life, like reading God's word for 10 or 15 minutes every day, or if if we spend five minutes in prayer with God every day, I'm telling you, those, those small, those very small changes in your life, they can make a huge difference. It's likely that you're not going to see any difference in, in, within a day or a week or a month or maybe not even in, in a year. Who knows? But I'm telling you, if you stick with this habit, you will see the results. You will see the results. You will see that small changes truly do make a big difference. And that's why it's so important for us to develop these healthy habits within our lives because they truly do matter. And so today, as we continue our discussion on the power of habits, we're going to be talking about why identity matters. Why identity matters. We're talking all about our identities today. So fitting that this song that that we just got done singing, that I am a child of God. Oh, how valuable that would be if we all identified ourselves as children of God. And we'll talk about that uh, a bit later. But our identity is something that we have talked about in the past since I've been here, as I believe that our our identities are extremely important. I think how we view ourselves is vital. And, and, and good news for me, uh, the smart guy, James Clear, agrees with me. He, th- he thinks that identities are extremely important as well. So I, I at least got one smart guy uh, in my boat over here. So identities, they, they are extremely, extremely important in our lives, and they are crucial to developing habits that last. Extremely important to developing habits that last. If you want your behavior to change for good, if you want a permanent change in your behavior, you have to start believing new things about yourself. It all starts with your identity. Think about how we normally set goals uh, within our lives. Say I have a goal that I want to lose weight. Even better, I I may have a specific goal. They they tell us when when, when we uh, make make goals in our life, they, they should be specific goals. So let's say I have a specific goal of losing 20 pounds um, by the end of the year. That's great. That, that, that this goal is focused on the outcome. It's focused on me losing weight. And that is perfectly fine that you, you, you will get some results with that if you stay with it. But you aren't going to see change that lasts. You, you, you aren't going to see a permanent change when we focus on the goals themselves, or at least that's where we start with. We, we can't start with the goals. And James Clear, he, he kind of illustrates this by talking about the three levels of change that, uh, at which change can occur uh, in our lives. So Ben, if you have that slide um, of the three levels of change, the three levels of change are outcomes, 
processes, and identity. According to James Clear, those are the three levels of change that we can experience in our lives. So the first layer, it's kind of like an onion. You know, you start on the outside and you get to uh, the middle. So on the outside, the, the, the first level or layer of change is changing your outcomes. And again, th- th- this is focused on changing your results. It's like setting that goal that, hey, I am going to lose 20 pounds or setting that goal that, hey, I'm going to read this book by the end of the month or I- I'm going to win this game against my opponent. Whatever it may be, we-, we-, we can change our lives by focusing on the outcomes. You know, most goals that we establish in our lives, they are associated with this level of change. It's all about what you get, whether what you get is a a loss of pounds, a gain of muscle, um, more savings, uh, financial savings, uh, more wisdom from reading a book. Whatever it may be, it's focused on what you get. So that's the first level of change outcomes. The second layer or level of change is your process. This is about changing your habits and your system. It's about what you do. If you want to be a wise person, if you want to be a smart person, then it might be a good idea for you to establish a habit of reading. As that's that, that second level or layer of change is focused on your process. It's all about your habits and system that you have in place. And then finally at the core, the, the third layer of change or the third level of change is our identity. And this is concerned with, with how we see the world and how we see ourselves. It's all about what you believe. So the first layer of change outcomes is about what you get. The second layer of change, the process is about what you do. And the third level of change, your identity, is about what you believe. And I'm going to tell you that none of these three levels of change, none of them are better or worse than the other. You know, the, the outcomes isn't, isn't better than, or, or the, the change in outcome isn't better than the change in process, and, and, and it's not worse than identity or nothing. There, there, there's not one that's better or worse. It's just a matter of how we approach them. See, most people, when they approach these three levels of change, they approach it by focusing on the outside first. They, they focus on what they want to achieve in life. They, they, they focus that, hey, I want to lose that 20 pounds. Hey, I want to read this book. Hey, I want to save $5,000 in my savings account. Whatever it may be, when we want change in our life, we often focus on the outcomes first. And this leads to outcome-based habits. But instead, as James Clear points out, that, that if we want change that lasts, you know, if we don't want change that, that, that will just take place in, in a month or a year or whatever, but if we want change that truly lasts within our lives, then we must build identity-based habits. We need to focus first on who we want to become. 
We have to start with our identity. That, that, that must be our first focus. We must start with the inside, with our identity, and then move to the processes, and then move to the outcomes. It reminds me a lot uh, of, you, some of you guys may have read uh, the book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. Simon Sinek says you got to start in the middle. you got to start with the why. And that's kind of a similar idea, a similar notion to what James Clear is talking about here and how we need to start with our, our identity. We need to start uh, on the inside. So step number one in, in creating change that lasts in our lives is we must all decide who we want to become. And so I encourage you to, to ask yourself, who do I want to become? Who do I, Brenda, want to become? Who do I, Russ, want to become? Who do I, John, want to become? That, that's a question that each and every one of us has to ask ourselves. Who do I want to become? If you want to be intelligent, then it would be wise for you to uh, develop a habit of reading. And so once you, once you establish the identity that you want to be, then you can move to the second layer or level of change and you can focus on the process. If you know who you want to be, then you can develop habits within your life that help you become that person in your life. Again, if you want to be smart, then you're going to develop habits of reading or listening to podcasts or going to school, whatever it may be. So your habits affirm who you want to be as a person. So you start with identity, you start with who you want to become, and then you develop those habits to help you become that person. And as you're focusing on those habits of helping you become the person that you want to be, that's then when you can focus on the outcomes. That's when we can focus on the goals. Saying, hey, if we need help establishing a habit in our life, if you need help establishing a habit of reading, then it might be a good idea for you to set a goal saying, hey, I want to read a book every month for this year. That's the goal that I've established in my life. I, I, want, to, I, I want to be a well-rounded person. I, I want to be wise and intelligent. And in order to be wise and intelligent, I have to create a habit of reading. And to help me create a habit of reading, I'm setting a goal for myself this year that I want to read a book every single month for this entire year. Nothing, nothing compared to, to Russ over here. We got talking uh, last week after the service, and, and Russ, as you can see, he, he reads a book nearly every week, and he read through Atomic Habits. I'm not trying to brag or make you feel uncomfortable, Russ, but that, that's maybe a goal that Russ has to establish his habit, as Russ wants to be a wise and intelligent person, and he can share that wisdom and intelligence with much of us because he has that habit, and he can help establish that habit with these goals that we have. So again, we have to start with our identity. You have to know who do you want to become. That's something that I'm, that I'm going to have you all work on at, at the end of the service here. It's for you to focus on who you want to become. And once you establish who you want to become, again, you focus on the habits and when you're focusing on the habits, that's when you can focus on the outcomes and the goals. The, the, these are identity-based habits. This is how you can make change that lasts. 
Because if you're anything like me, I can have these good intentions. I can have the motivation to uh, acquire positive change in my life. But a lot of times when, when when I have this motivation to acquire positive change in my life, the change simply, it does not last long. The motivation goes away. Whatever it may be that's driving me goes away. And no longer is that change applied within my life. Because a lot of times when I strive for change, I'm making outcome based habits. I'm focused on the outcomes first and foremost. But instead, we need to focus on our identity first and foremost. We need to know who do we want to become. And the more pride that we have in an aspect of our identity, the more motivated that we will be to maintain the habits associated with it. You know, if you're, James Clear is the example of someone who is proud of how their hair looks. If you're proud of how your hair looks, if that's part of your identity, then you're going to be much more likely to maintain habits that make your hair look nice. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you may look at it, I don't, I don't have much pride in how my hair may look. And so I don't spend, you, you can take a look at my habits, and I don't spend a lot of time uh, taking care of my hair. I had friends back at the Bible college who, who they cared a lot about their hair. And because of that care and, they pro- and the pride that they had in their hair, they spent a lot more time than me in the bathroom, you know, getting their hair just the way that they want it. Um, if you're proud of your athletic ability, then you're going to be much more likely to maintain a habit of working out or playing sports or whatever it may be. If we use the example of being a reader, if you're proud of the fact that you are a reader or that you're smart, you're much more likely going to maintain habits that help you become smart, like reading or listening to podcasts or whatever it may be. So the more pride you have in an aspect of your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. And so you could start to see how your identity helps shape your habits, and, and the same could be said, vice versa as well. Your habits can shape our identity as well. The habits that we implement in our lives are not about having something in our life. Our habits in our life are about becoming who we want to be. So it's not about, it's not about attaining something. It's about becoming who we want to be. As our identity helps shape our habits and our habits help shape our identity. And that's why habits matter so much. That's, that's why I find the value in talking about the power of habits for six weeks with you guys because habits matter so much because our identity matters so much. And our habits help you be the person that you want to be. This is why in, in, in the past I have uh, expressed to you all how I think our identity as Christians is extremely, extremely important. When we identify ourselves as righteous Christians, then we build habits that support that. When we identify ourselves as poor sinners, then let me tell you, we're going to build habits that associate with that belief. Your identity plays a crucial part in your habits and the life and the process and the systems of your life. And that's why we have to be so very careful of who we say that we are. We have to be so careful 
If you identify yourself as a righteous Christian, if you identify yourself as a child of God, then you are on the right track to letting your habits and your life support that belief. At the same time, uh, a lot of people um, in, in the church, even a lot of people have this assumption that we have an identity as a sinner. You know, that's how we should identify ourselves. I think that is so toxic. No, I, I, I don't think uh, we, we, we are sinless. That's obvious. We, we, we all have mistakes. But, but Paul talks about our identities so much. If you read through any of his epistles, chances are he's talking about our identity. He's talking about how our old self, our former self, our fleshly nature, it has passed away, it is dead, it has no part with us. But we belong to Christ. So out with the old and in with the new. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can have that identity as a child of God, we can have that identity as a righteous Christian, as a co-heir with Christ of God's coming kingdom. You have value. You have value and you need to see that value within yourself. You need to identify yourself as a child of God, as a righteous Christian. I'm telling you that is paramount to making our life and habits pleasing to God. If you struggle with your identity, again, I encourage you to read through uh, the, the, the letters that Paul writes starting uh, with Romans, and you can read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and so forth. Paul talks about our identities a lot and how we are out with the old and we are in with the new. That is, we are children of God if we seek him first and foremost. And so our identity is so, so important. I, I cannot say that enough. How we view ourselves is so important to who we are as Christians. And so in summary, uh, uh, if we want to build change that lasts in our life, we have to start with our identity. And we must build identity-based habits. Once we decide who we want to be, then we can focus on our habits. We can focus on the process, our systems in our life. If we decide that, hey, I am a child of God, then we can focus on establishing habits in our life that support this belief that, hey, I am a child of God. And we're focused on building these habits of becoming a child of God. That's when we can set goals in our life. A very, very common goal for, for Christians within the church is they have a goal of reading through the Bible in a year. I think that is a brilliant goal. That is a brilliant goal to help you establish that habit. And that habit helps you establish your identity as a child of God. So if you take notes, write this down. Start with your identity. Then you can make habits to meet that identity. And then you can make goals to help form these habits. It must take place in this order. If it does not, I'm telling you, you will not experience change that lasts. You'll experience change when you are motivated, when you're feeling good, but then when that motivation fades away, so will that change. 
And so if we, want, if we want positive change within our lives, we have to first focus on our identity, then our habits, then the outcomes. And so Ben, at this time, is going to go ahead, or whoever is going to hand out uh, a piece of paper and a pen uh, to all of you guys. And you guys are all going to write who you want to become. Who do I want to become? This is the very first step to building change that lasts. And we're just going to spend a couple of minutes. Jen, Jenna's going to uh, play some music for us in, in the background. We're just all going to spend a couple of minutes focusing on who do I want to become. Because it all starts there. Who do I want to become? And so you all have a couple of minutes to, to focus on this. And, and uh, you can certainly refine your answer in the future. But I want you to start the, this thinking process right now. And I want you to write down your beginning thoughts of who do you want to become. So by the time you, you leave these sanctuary doors, I want everybody to write who do they want to become. Or the beginning thoughts of who do they want to become. And remember, the heart and foremost of our identity of who we want to become has to be revolved around our identity as Christians, as children of God. So take a couple minutes and decide for yourself, who do you want to become?